Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. started this a while back and haven't got back to it and appreciate uh, the liberty to try again this morning. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12 today will be our task and pray the Lord will help us. Uh, you know, there's never been a man that's preached without the Holy Spirit of God preached him. Uh, and I realize that there's some that try and they do it on their own, but what the Apostle Paul said is that the the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's not man that has the power, but it's the gospel. And I'm grateful today that it was the gospel that got me. It's the gospel that keeps me. Now, if, if it has grown old to you, it's likely that you've never had that spark that she was singing about in your own heart. Uh, if you become indifferent toward God and His Word... You're likely either backslid or you're lost because the one thing that is characteristic of a born-again believer is that they love Christ, and Christ was clear. He is the Word. So if you don't love the Word, you don't love Christ. I hope that bothers you. If it don't bother you, that's good that, that you love the Word and you love Christ today. But you need to be saved if you're not saved. Psalms 139, verse number 7 is where we'll begin. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Father, open our hearts to your word. We humbly pray it as you open your word to our hearts. We need it. We're desperate for it. Some of these truths, God, we know, and yet we live as if we have forgotten them, as if, God, that they're no longer true. Reignite that spark in our heart today with truth that we might know what this is and what it means. Speak as only you can speak. We're but men, God, being trusted with something divine. We beg for your help and that you would speak to us. We're your sheep. and We're hungry for your word. We're trusting you now for it as we pray earnestly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> We looked a while back at the first six verses of chapter 139. We found that the confidence of the psalmist was in two things so far. The first being God's omniscience. The fact that God knows all things and sees all things. Now, 
I hope that that does in part make us at least aware and, and in at the most uncomfortable because we know that there's nothing God doesn't know, nothing he doesn't see. And what we find is the confidence of the psalmist when he prays the prayer at the end of the chapter, when he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He is praying that prayer fully aware that God can do what he's asking him to do. God can search my heart and God can know my thoughts. He can truly know them because he is, number one, all-seeing. He is all-knowing. He is omniscient. That's the word for it. He is omniscient. He is is all-knowing. And friend, because of that, we can have confidence when we pray and seek God that he can search us and he can know us. But not only is it the omniscience of God that gives us confidence, but it's the omnipresence of God as well. It is the fact that there is nowhere, and I'm speaking of a proximity first, I'm speaking of a place that we can be. There is no place on the earth, above the earth, under the earth, uh, that God is not there. Now, it's hard for us to grasp this. We are finite beings, and we can only be in one place at one time. I remember there have been several times that my wife has told me I can't be in two places at once, right? I expect too much of her, likely. But there are also things that remind us, friend, that there is a God that is everywhere all the time. Now, I'm not expecting you to wrap your little brain around it because ultimately the comprehension of a triune, eternal, everlasting, omniscient, omnipresent God is beyond what we can we can handle. But I, we need to try, you see, to understand the concept of what it is that he's trying to say. David was saying to them, look, it's important to understand that no matter where you are, God is there. I can see See in the present in the power of his word this morning in those first four verses that we read to you that what was coming in all of them was this very truth that no matter where I am, God is there. He's there. And I don't know about you, but that's good news. I'm glad that there's nowhere I can go. I can't leave him at home. I can't leave him over here. I can't leave him at the church and go on about my business. Listen, God is everywhere and all the time. God is always with me. And that is a promise, you see, that we cling to. We trust in it. I read in the Hebrews chapter number 13 this morning, verse number 5, where uh, the apostle Paul said, and he hath said, referring to the Lord himself, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that, that, that willingness to never leave us nor forsake us comes from his omnipresence. It comes from the fact that God is always everywhere and God that means for me that means that God is with me God is everywhere I am we see the psalmist first as he begins to identify for us the proximity and I'm glad he didn't leave anyhow I'm glad that he was very thorough in how he was addressing this and and it 
brings a, an encouragement to you and I today just to know that if we ascended up into heaven as far as you could go. Now remember, the psalmist is writing this before an airplane had ever flown. The psalmist was writing this before it had probably ever been thought of that man would, man's feet would leave the ground and go an upward direction and not downward. Uh, it was probably before uh, any, anyone had ever thought about a rocket ship or, a, or some kind of a space station or anything like that. But you know what the psalmist was saying? He was saying, you know what? Everything above me, whatever's up there, I can see the stars. I can see the moon. I can see some of those things that God has, has just miraculously made for us to be and work and all of those things in the heavens. And he said, but did you know that even if I get all the way up there, he is still there with me. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I can tell you this, wherever you're at, God is with you. Now, that became evident again to me the other day. We were at about 35,000 feet headed west. Amen. We were crossing this country, and I looked out the window, and I, I looked down, uh, way down at, at everything that was below me, and there was a simple thought that came with me, and it said, God's with you. Aren't you glad, friend, that wherever you are, God is there? I don't know how many times those first four days that I were gone, uh, the time that I was away from here and in that, uh, that other place, I, I, I was able to rejoice in the fact that wherever I am, God is is he's never not been with me from the day friend that I called him Lord from the day that he came into my heart he's been right there he has never left me nor forsaken me you might think you've been forsaken but friend it's all in the mind because your God today is all knowing but he's all present as well he's never left you oh how many people have shared with me confided to me I don't believe God's with me. And oh, what a great thing, Brother Steve, to be able to look him in the eye and say, that's not true. <laughs> Amen. There's some things I don't know. Hey, quite a few of them, actually. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. But let me tell you some things I do know. He's with you. If you're a child of God, he's right there. He's not somewhere off wondering about you. He's not trying to figure out what you're doing or where you are. Friend, God is right there with you. And that ought to be a consolation in our spirit that there is never a place that God is not with me. He's with you today. David would say, even if I ascend up into heaven, whether he was referring to the universe, the solar system as we know it, or heaven itself, I don't know, either one of them he couldn't get to. He couldn't have got to either one of them. He didn't have no means. He didn't have no understanding of how to get from here to there. What he was saying was, is beyond what you've ever thought or understood, beyond what you could imagine or comprehend in your own mind. He said, I'm just going to go out there and make a statement that I don't care where you're talking about. If you're talking about pointing up, it don't matter where you happen to be, God is there. What he was saying is, is that God ain't confined to a space. God is not confined to a little area. God's mind and God's vision, God's presence is not confined to, to a single person or a single proximity on the planet or, or even above the planet. What he was trying to get you and I to recognize is that we can have confidence in God because he is not bound to the laws of man and the laws of physics and the laws of, of presence that you and I are. He is an almighty and a triune God for him that is everywhere and all the time. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, preacher, there's some places I wish I hadn't have took him. Well, you took him because <laughs> he went with you if you're born again. He was with you. He's everywhere all the time. And, and the psalmist said that he found confidence in this truth. He said, if I ascend up into heaven, he said, behold. Now, he was talking to God. He said, behold, thou art there. He wasn't, he wasn't explaining it to them. What he was doing was sharing his own heart with God. He said, listen, I know that if I, it, it, as far up as there and as vast as it may be, anywhere that I could be up there, you'd still be there. You'd still be there. Now listen, if he is everywhere in the solar system, everywhere in heaven itself, if, he, if God is everywhere, where can you be that he is not? And yet some of us walk around as if God's not with us. We act as if God's not there. We act somehow as if God is, has failed his very definition of who he is as a being, that he's not omnipresent. And yet what the psalmist said is, look, I've got confidence that, that even if I ascend into heaven, he said, thou art there. Now, none of us really have a problem thinking about God in heaven. None of us have a problem thinking about God in the, in the universe. We, I mean, he, he cast the scars, stars into their place, gave them all their names. He, he did all of this during creation when he made this wondrous thing called earth and all of the, the galaxies and all of the planets and everything that's out there. The psalmist didn't understand it all, nor do we. And yet he was able to say, I believe that you're always and everywhere up there. But did he come across that great statement? He said, but I also believe that if I was to make my bed in hell, he said, I believe thou art there. Now you say, preacher, God will never go to hell. Well, what we know about God is that he's not, he's not in hell and he's not bound to hell. And I don't believe that the people in hell are saved. Amen. The people in hell are not saved. The ones that are in heaven are the, are the saved, and certainly God's presence is there as well. But he said, you know what? He said, even if I made my bed in hell, he said, behold, thou art th even there. You're right there. I wonder today how many of us have got our place ourselves, and I'm going <laughs> to try to speak this spiritually this morning, not physically, but spiritually. How many of us have got our place in the, in, that we was willing to look at somebody and say, my life's a living hell? How many times have you just thought and said, well, I'm in hell. This is hell. How many of you have you considered that the condition or the circumstances or the trouble or the problems in your life had you at such a low point that you was thinking to yourself, this has got to be hell? Let me say something to you. Uh, no matter what you've been through in this life, it ain't hell. There is a hell, and it's far worse than anything you've ever been through. And you'll never go through anything as bad as what hell, the real hell, the literal hell, the place hell is. But what I believe the psalmist was saying is there's some low times. There are some times when it seems like as far down as a man can get. He said it seems like that's where God is not. But you know what I found? That God is even there. He's down there when I have turned my back on him. He's down there when I have uh, misused. And, and spoke his name in pain. He's down there when I have failed him and miserably messed it up again. I have found that God is still there. Aren't you glad, friend, that God never leaves us nor forsakes us? Even if I made my bed in hell, yeah. That was the confidence that David had 
was no matter where I go, <laughs> God was there. There have been times in my life that I was backslid on God. It didn't last long, and I'm grateful for that. But there have been times when I knew that I wasn't right with God, that I knew that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. Did you know he was still with me? He was still with me. Larry, in all them years that you lived out there for the world, did you know he was still with you? When you was living like hell, he's still with you. He's still with you. I don't know if that helps you, but that helps me. That helps me that he's with me. You see, you say, well, why in the world would he be with me when it's when I lived in such hell, when I drug his name through the mud, when I've done everything to disgrace him, and yet he's still Bless his holy name. Aren't you glad that it's by grace through faith that you're saved? It's not of your works. It's not of the things that you've done or what. It's not that you merited the favor of God. I'll tell you right now, the reason God is with me is not because I'm a good feller. God ain't with me because somehow I have merited his worthiness to be in my presence. God is not with me because somehow or another I'm better than somebody else. No, God is with me because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would never perish. You see, the promises of God are not based upon me. They're based upon him. There are some things that truly are conditional. And if you want to experience the the power of God and the promise of certain promises of God, then there are some things that you've got to do. If you, don't, if you don't do them, you don't get them. That's just the way it is. But there's also some things that are unmerited. It's just by grace that we have it. Do you know the Bible said that it rains on the just and the unjust? Now, you can think of rain two different ways. As a farmer, I like it. Because if you ain't got it, you've got a problem. But to the person, all he does is fish. You, you don't like it, right? You, you want a little better weather so you can go out and do what you want to do. Rain's on us both. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the Father loves you <laughs> and he knows just what you need? And did you know you don't even have to ask him for some things? According to the word of God, he said, take no thought for your life. What you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear. He said, that's what the Gentiles do. He said, don't you know that your heavenly father knows what you have need of and has already committed to provide those things for you? You see, there's some promises that come to me from being a child of God. Bless his holy name. I can't tell you all the benefits of knowing him, but brother, I've seen some of them. And he has poured out his blessings upon you and me. And brother, he does a lot of that just by grace today just because he loves you not even because you love him but just because he loves you he's an omnipresent God if I made if I send it up into heaven he's there I can't get away from God there if I made my bed in hell he said behold thou art there I can't escape God by living like the world Amen. There ain't, any, they, they, they ain't a low enough place that you can go in this world and, and get rid of God. Right? You, you could go down as far as, as a depraved man might go and think, well, I'm going to lose God at some point as I continue to go downward. 
There's coming a point God's going to unhitch from me and I'm going to leave him behind. There's a place if I'll just keep drinking. There's a place if I'll just keep getting high. There's a place if I'll just keep fornicating or in sin. There's a place that God's going to let go of me and I'll be rid of him. May I say to you today, you'll never find that place because it don't exist. I want you to know that God's in every hell hole you've ever been in. You say, how come? Because he went with you. If you're a child of God, if you're a born-again believer, he went with you. You say, well, I'm ashamed to think that he's seen what I was doing. Let me tell you something. Verses 1 through 6 already identified. He sees what you're doing. That ain't the issue. He knows what's in your heart. He knows why you did it and what you did. But not only that, as he was there, you say, Lord, how in the world would he go with me in some places? Listen to me. If you need a shepherd, friend, he don't depart from the sheep. He sticks with us. You and I need somebody that wouldn't leave us. And that's what the good shepherd is. He's one, he's not a hireling. When the danger comes or when it gets hard or when your life starts spiraling down, he don't detach from you. He don't step back and say, Rodney, you on your own now, boy. Hey, you on your own now. Ain't you glad he ain't ever I'm telling you right now, Chris, I'm glad he never said, I ain't going with you. I ain't going with you down there. God never said that. No. Oh, Lord, what a God that we serve today. What a God. Oh, he said, if I made my bed in hell, he said, I know you'd still be there. That's confidence. That's a knowing in the heart that there is no place that God won't be with me. Listen to what he said. We got north, we got south. He's fixing to deal with east and west. He said, if I took the wings of the morning, now I don't really know what the wings of the morning was, but I figured somebody ought to name an airplane after it. That'd be good, something good to call a 747. Because I've been on them. That's on one last week where I got to see the sun come up. I took the wings of the morning and I flew to the uttermost parts of the sea. I'm talking about as far east as you could go. David said, he's there. He said, if I went the other direction, as far west as a man could go, took the wings of the morning to the uttermost part of the sea, he said, thou art even there. You know, there's nowhere that I've ever been that God is not there. Let me tell you a story about a man quickly who thought he could get away from him. His name was Jonah. (laughs) He is a backslid preacher. He decided he didn't want to see nobody saved. He decided the ones God wanted to save wasn't worth saving, and he'd need to find him another man. Do you know he still loves you when you forsake him? Do you know he still loves you when you disobey him? <laughs> he still loves you when you're doing your own thing. Now, I want you to know this wasn't the will of God that Jonah end up on that boat. That was Jonah's will. But I'm so glad that even when I was operating under my own will, <laughs> he's still there. He's still there. He didn't leave me. He didn't leave me. Let me take you to the book of Jonah real quick. I'm just going to read a few verses. 
chapter number one, or chapter two, verse one, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord and he heard me. (laughs) Out of the belly of where? (laughs) That's good, ain't it? (laughs) Hey, he went with the old backslid preacher right into the belly of hell, according to Jonah. He said, I cry, I was crying. I was a screaming and I was a begging God to hear me. I was a praying unto God, can you hear him? Hey, you ever been in the belly of a fish? You'd be crying too. Amen. You'd be screaming to God for some help. He said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. You know what he said? He heard me. He said, out of the belly of hell cried I. <laughs> and he said, and thou heardest my voice. Now, we know that he's an omniscient God and he sees. But the very fact that he is present also means he can hear you. Ain't you glad when you go down into them places called hell? Jonah called it hell. That's what he called his position, his, his proximity, his condition he called it a living hell. He was in the belly of that fish. He's, and he said, I cried by reason of my affliction. He said, all of this self, all of this stuff that I decided I was going to do and I was going to leave God and I was going to go the opposite direction of Nineveh and I was going to go toward Tarsus and I bought my ticket and I got on the boat and I went to the bottom of it and even when the storm was raging, I stayed down there. I didn't care whether I lived or died. I was in the lowest place a man could be. It didn't make any difference when it came right down to it and the lots were cast and it fell on Jonah. Jonah said, yep, that's my fault it's my God that's doing that and it's my fault that he is doing it what you need to do is throw me overboard that I might die now we're living in a time when this is a sensitive topic but you're not above the thought of suicide your frail little brain ain't no way is beyond the capacity of thinking you just want to die. As a matter of fact, your enemy will sow that seed without your even asking. The devil will sow that seed in your heart and in your mind, and he'll get you to the place that you actually think nobody cares whether you live or die. It doesn't matter whether you live or die, and that you might as well just go ahead and die. That's where Jonah was. Throw me overboard. He knowed as soon as he hit them waves, he's a goner. He's a dead man. He didn't have no lifeboat, didn't have his floaties on. He was going down. As soon as he went over, he was dead. But God was there, wasn't he? God was there in his defiance. God was there in his rebellion. God was there in his unwillingness to even live. God, that's good. God was still there. That's what David's trying to get him to see. He said, oh, you got to see this. And it don't matter where you go. God is still there. They throwed old Jonah overboard, and what Jonah didn't know was he had a boat waiting. 
The Bible said it was a great fish. One part said it was a whale. But here's what I know. Whenever he went overboard, something was waiting. <laughs> down the hatch in the whale, he went down to the bottom of the ocean. He went. And oh, I believe that old whale. You know where that whale was headed? <laughs> he had just taking his time. He had headed back. <laughs> to Nineveh. <laughs> Hell, Jonah wasn't in there on the first day trying to bargain with God, saying, well, if you just get this thing to get me to the minute, and then if I'll do it, nope. The minute he hit that bell, <laughs> you say, how could that be? Because God was there. God was there. He wasn't somewhere far off trying to orchestrate events to make it happen in the life of Jonah. I know he does them things, but he's also there. Right there. That old fish went down. Best I know, that's the first submarine ride. Down he went to the bottom. And I believe he is headed toward Nineveh. Jonah didn't know it. There was no GPS in that rascal. He was just riding. What he knew, he was in hell. What he knew is that if, if there, whatever hell is, he said, this got to be it. And I'm in the belly of it. And that old fish, I believe, is headed back. You know why I believe that? Because when old Jonah finally got right, when that old thing, it didn't say it took him five days to get to Nineveh, but no, it just said it spit him up then. No, Noah hit the ground running toward Nineveh, ready to preach. Well, if he hadn't have been working his way toward Nineveh, do you know God's always working you back home? You always riding somehow or another back home. If you're a child of God, you're headed back home. Now, you may have to go through hell to get there, but you're going back home. I love that, don't you? An old prodigal was down there in the hog pen. You know who was with him? When he had got to the place laid, he said, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat this slop. Pigs done got what they want. I'm going to eat what they left. You know who was there? God was. You know what happened to that old boy that day? Bible said it like this. said he came to himself. That's another way to saying God was there. And he just worked that out. And the next thing you know, he's ready to go home. He come to himself. He said, I believe I'll go home. You been there, ain't you? Yep. Me too. I've been there to where I said, I believe I'll just go back home. What David was trying to get him to see in Psalms 139 was we can have confidence that an all-knowing, all-seeing God is also present. And so he would write in another psalm, he said, he is a present help in the time of need. What does a present help mean? It means he's there. <laughs> oh, Jonah said, I, I got to praying. I got to praying. I was crying out unto God. And he said, you know what? He heard me. How in the world did he hear you? In a fish, his belly, at the bottom of an ocean. How did he hear you? He said, behold, 
David said, thou art even there. <laughs> Do you know wherever you find yourself, whatever hell you've got into, there's a whisper you can make. <laughs> Just a whisper. You know what that means, Rodney? He know where in the corner He's right. He's right there. That's good. He's just waiting for you to say, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go back. When old, when old Jonah got to the place that, that he has done bargaining, he had done got over dying. I'm telling you right now, he's wanting to live again. Right? He wouldn't have been, he was wanting to live now. I cried by reason of my affliction, and he said, Thou heardest me. And he helped me. The psalmist said, If I take the wings of the morning and I fly to the other most parts of the sea, he said, Thou art even there. He said, Furthermore, he said, No matter where I go, he said, Your hand holds me. You know, you never got out of his hand. I don't care where you went. I don't care what you swore. It doesn't make any difference what you committed. Never go back to that church. I'm never going to church. I'll never serve God again. You never got out of his hand. He said, even, he said, I don't care where you go. He said, his hand holds you. I don't know who you're serving, but I'm talking about my God. I'm talking about the one who has me. Yours might fail you. Mine does not. Yours might leave you. Mine does not. He said, your hand holds me. He said, even your right hand shall lead me. You know what led the prodigal back? The one that was with him. The one that had him in his hand, and then that one that when his heart got to the right place said, Now go back home. He said, You led him. I'm just amazed he cares for me. But 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 he led me back home. He held me. When I was in my hell, he held me. When I tried to get away from God, he held me. When I was in rebellion and denial and everything against God, he kept me in his hand. And when I finally got to the place that I was no longer willing to die but to live, and he led me, he led me back home. We'll close here. Take a look at the next verse. We go back to Psalms 139. I want you to see this as we close this morning. This is a beautiful picture, verse number 11. He said, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me. He said, even the night shall be light about me. Yeah, he said, the darkness... I'm going to to paraphrase it here. The darkness doesn't hide me from you. 
What, what he said was, is, yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. The, the dark has no ability to keep me out of the vision of God or the presence of God. The darkness does not have the ability to screen me from God. What David was saying was, is look, there are dark times that will come to your life. And did you know that there are some, there are some darknesses that come that you didn't cause? It wasn't your fault. But still, there are times when you are immersed in the dark things of this world. You are in times that are considered by your own heart to be dark. You cannot see. You know what the psalmist said? Darkness does not affect God. You see, what he said in the next verse, verse number 12 was, he said, he said, even the dark is as light to God. So that he discerns not between one or the other because neither affect his vision. God is not affected by the most light or the, the, the absence of light itself. Dark. It doesn't change God's ability to see perfectly what's going on in you or in your heart. Or it doesn't cause him to flee or to forsake you. David's trying to give us some confidence here in the one that we've, we've, we serve. And he said, look, he said, the dark things will come. Whether you bring them on yourself, right? And you have. Or they just happen. Some of you have been through some dark stuff. Times when you just didn't know if you'd see the light again. It wasn't your fault. No, as a matter of fact, it was his will. What I'm here to tell you was he was there. He was always there. The dark doesn't bother him. It doesn't doesn't make him step back and say, oh, I'm not sure what to do with this. No, the dark is as light him it does not change his position amen to that come get a song I'll close here you might be in a dark place today you might even thought to yourself driving in this morning I just like a little light today Everything has gone wrong. I can't seem to fix anything. Everything I touch just breaks around me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But I'm just going to go to church today. And it feels like Chris, this darkness is going to swallow me. Some of you are there. Some of you have been there. 
What David was trying to get him to understand was that darkness doesn't bother God. He's not affected by it or the absence of it. He sees you in spite of it. And he's not confused about your condition or your needs. He said, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. It, 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 can't, it can't keep what's really in me, right? Because that's what you tell yourself. When it's the darkest in your life, what you say is, God can't hear me no more. God can't see what's going on. And yet what David said is, no, contrary. He said it's the opposite. God can see you and God is there with you. When Jonah got to the place that he was willing just to give up, Give it to God. The Bible said that God commanded that fish just to take him on up to the shore and throw him up. I'm wanting not to say it, but I got to say it. You ever seen somebody puke? Just don't look at it. I remember when I was a kid, it happened all the time in school, right? You remember that awful smell and that stuff? It's a, I see people back up. Hang on, Crystal, don't throw up on us. <laughs> Did you know that was God's man in that? That's God's man. Right in the middle of that foul mess. As God's chosen. And he never left him. Oh, he stunk. Jonah stunk it up. (laughs) Oh, that's good. God didn't leave him. He's right there. Present help in the time of need. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad to be saved. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't know what darkness I may face before this week's to end. But what I do know is that God will be with me. God will be with me. I bless His holy name. That God is there. See, that's what's common. The circumstances varied. Heaven, hell, wings of the morning, uttermost parts of the sea, darkest pitch. The circumstances was, he said, those, they change. 
But what was common about everything he said was thou art there. Thou art there. That's good. I don't want to quit preaching. That's good. That's just good. I'd like you to have that good today. I'd like to give you a simple invitation to know some peace. You've not had any in a while. Your heart's troubled and you're in that dark place. I want you to know today, God ain't left you. If you're his, he ain't left you. Now, if you ain't his, he ain't never been there. Other than his divine providence that feeds you just because you're human. But when you get born again, the Bible said he sets up a boat in you. So wherever you go, he's going with you. He's going with you. Because he promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I'll go with you even until the end. If you need that today, why don't you bring your burden to the Lord and leave it there? Why don't you let him help you this morning with that as we sing Would you stand with us this morning? Come to him. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) Amen.